coming clear with 100 metres to go for Walker. Saracen Knights flying an Irish plane who needs the line of the night. Tranquilla straightens up now. Shamrock Lou the leader. Kazit Tranquilla's coming, but so is the post. Shamrock Lou. Crusader won't run a place. Prime candidate in front. He's getting tired, but Tiger and Purple Sector charging. Prime candidate. Arnie's boy levels up to Butley Lad. Butley Lad, Arnie's boy. Arnie's boy poked his nose in front. Arnie's boy did a little too well. G'day, punters. Welcome to the Deep Dive, the show that's just going to be a little bit of a therapy session, but we're going to start with, are we calling this a sting, Curls? Are we calling it a rort? What's, what's the way that we're descri describing Toowoomba Race 3, the race won by Rock Beat uh, that was sponsored by the Plastics? <laughs> um, well, it's only a rort if you're not in on it, and uh, we were in on this one, so this is a sting, I assume. Uh, <laughs> Is this the part where I give myself a big rap for reading the race correctly and, and then tell everyone why I got it right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> self-promotion. It's the only, only way to go. There is no interest like self-interest because it's the only interest. Um, so, yeah, race three to Woomba. We were on rock beat here. Um, now, hopefully, hopefully we can cross to a little bit of the vision here um, from the start of this race in particular. Mm -hmm. Now, I would... Um, normally reference the stewards report uh, in these instances. But uh, as we record this show at quarter past 10 Monday morning, there is still no stewards report from Toowoomba from Saturday that's been published as yet. At all. There's nothing. There's nothing. <laughs> there's, um, there's no stewards report. So what we'll do is we'll dissect the data and the vision and, and – um, and we'll make our own opinion. We'll form our own opinions because okay. we live and die by we live and we 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 live and die by our opinions. So we're entitled to it. Um, right. So data-wise, I've got it here. Race three to Toowoomba, twelve hundred meters, class six, set weight, blah blah blah. Rock beat uh, has settled eighth in run. The leader, uh, which is Pierre, Pierre Day. Pierre, there was three. There was three abreast. Pierre yeah. Day. Piracy and Catesby. And they've gone very fast for the class. They've gone nine lengths faster than average to the 600. It's fairly motoring, isn't it? Nine lengths faster than average. Not holding back. All right. So who are these three horses? What, what's going on here? So if we have a look at the vision from the start, like 1,200 metre start. Now, Pierre Day has absolutely pinged the lids and has crossed down to the fence by the 1,000 and crossed piracy within 200 metres. Um, Catesby's coming across. So straight away, you can see here that you're anticipating Pierre Day leads. Catesby sits outside it. Piracy um, behind the leader. So, um, now, that's sort of the way that the, the, sh the race shape looked to take, you know, pretty quickly. Um, you know, within 200, 200 metres. Now, just start passing the 200. Um, Alex Pattis on piracy, the other Tony Sears runner in the race, then um, comes off the fence, um, which doesn't allow Catesby to come across and sit outside the leader, so Dippin doesn't shorten her up. And then we see piracy absolutely give it to the leader. Now, I think by this stage, it's fair to say that Pierre Day 
couldn't hand up the fence. Like, you get to the 800-metre point over a 1,200-metre race, you've got the rail. Yep. It's fair to assume that he shouldn't have to give up the fence. Alex Pattis on Porus, he says, well, I'm going to give it to you anyway. Catesby's three deep. And uh, then the stablemate, um, Rockbeat, sort of launches from the 700 metres, whips around them and sustains a long run. Now, at this stage of the race, Catesby's um, continued to kick and has gone absolutely enormous, probably the run of the meeting. It's it's hung on to run third. Um, and we see, you know, back in the field, Porosi's been beaten eight and Pierre day has been beaten 12. They've gone out nine lengths quicker. Um, I don't know if there's anything in the stewards report. I'd be absolutely shocked if there wasn't. Um, because, you know, the, the ride on Porosi was, you know, disgraceful. Not only give it no chance, but also ensured that Pierre Day and um, and Catesby couldn't win as well. So um, that's how I sort of mapped the race anyway. So I was glad to see it. I actually thought she might have held the fence. But when she got crossed, I was so pleased to see her come off the fence and, and torch the leader um, and ensure that the speed was good enough for Rockbeat. Um uh, you know, there was a bit of support for Rockbeat through through the day. He was like four, I think he was like as much as four dollars after scratchings mm. and sort of well found in a three sixty. So, uh, yeah, race went to plan and uh, on and off the track. Beauty. So, what next? Start with Catesby. Just <laughs> look at like how big's it gone. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's gone enormous. Um, you know, there was a. Uh, you know, Lejeune man ran on from the back. It was entitled to. I thought 05 Glory was plain. The sort of 1200 sort of sees it out, uh, particularly run at that tempo. So, look, as far as where we go to from there with these runners and how we assess the form, it's, um, yeah, I think Catesby's the run of the race for sure. Um, um, well, now it's been up for a little bit, so whether that might have sort of flattened it out, who knows, for the prep, but... Um, it was, a, it was a huge effort, but uh, I'm glad we we're on the winner. Okay. Now, we have to talk about the Wheatwood because you're pretty bullish on a couple of horses on the live show, and you've gone really close without any joy. So bear with me. You're having to relive a couple of painful moments, I'm sure. Yep. Um, overview. Take it away. Um. Just let me know when we look at that graphic. But um, look, once again, the tempo sort of worked out as I anticipated. Um, look, it's only a $125,000 listed race. Um, but there were some really poor decisions there in, in the race, probably which with the speed. Um, you know, in particular, the ride on Master Jamie uh, just basically torched the leaders again. Um, the Odyssey was one I sort of mentioned in the preview that we'd be happy to take it on. Um, you know, it'll sort of be on speed and it'll get stitched up for sure. Question mark at 1,200 around Toowoomba and that's sort of how it played out, which was handy. Um, so what we sort of identified was a few horses that we wanted to be on. I ended up having three bets um, for the service. We are on Bandapur at some 20-something dollars. Um, we are on Snitch mid you know, 13 15 something like that yep and we're on red chase um we took eight dollars fifty i think red chase um started 550 equal favorite or second favorite 
So we got to a stage. So with the speed on, we get to the 800-meter mark. Um, and then I, I, I really thought that we were going to win. I thought that far out, I thought one of these three will win. This is set up perfectly. Got a locally trained horse, Jaden Tom, who was three wide the entire. If you have we got this, have we got the still shot up there from the eight hundred? Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. bring that up now. Uh, we've got Jaden Tom, sort of. We've got a really good speed up front. We've got Jaden Tom midfield, the eventual winner. He was three wide the entire, um, but sort of Malian's taken it from the eight hundred. Just sort of got outside the, the horse in front of it, so he'd had clear air. Now, um, I think once again I sent out. I walked the track. Um, I said they want to be away from the fence here today because it's a fresh pad and it's just a bit softer and they aerated it. Lane six to eight is the place to be in the straight. Um, that's what I sent out. Malian sort of got in a position. Now, if we have a look from the 800, the winner's in the blue, the blue, um, my arrow, that's an arrow. I'm trying to draw an arrow there. <laughs> the blue arrow, the three horses we backed are behind it. So we've got Red Chase, in the red red colours, uh, Bandapur, which is just obscured on the outside of the red and white colours uh, there in the blue jacket. Red and white colours back to the inside was um, was Snitch. So approaching the 800, I thought, well, one of these three are surely going to continue to pull wider here and, and put themselves in the race. Um, all three elect to stay in. At this point in time, we get to the 600. Red Chase is now buried back along the fence. Snitch has lost its spot. It's back last. Uh, Bandapur is held up on heels behind runners in front of it as well. Uh, you know, meanwhile, you've got the, the eventual winner, you know, continuing to get wider and clear running. So we've got three horses held up. Um, and then Red Chase sort of diving back to the inside, which was, you know, certainly not the place to be. And, and Jade and Tom somehow... Uh, and you know, congratulations, whatever. I'm here for the punters, not the owners. They got lucky. Very <laughs> chase should have won the race. Um, probably a little bit of pocket talk there, but you know, and, and because of the price on the day, you know, sort of, I, I went, you know, we, I went again a couple of times on a few of these horses myself. So <laughs> it was quite sick. They've ran, they've ran second and fourth, and you know, Red Chase was, I don't know how far in front it was, a few meters after the post, but it was. Anyway, it should have won. Um, so yeah, just the uh, just the way it goes, I suppose. But anyway, um, yeah, Bandapur was enormous as well. It gets held held up about two or three times in the straight to go with the fact that it didn't have any momentum at all entering. Yeah, which is a momentum track, as you yeah. see. Like, you know, anyway, short straights, everything else. I thought Fiery Heights was enormous out of that race up on speed. Um, Boom Sara raced well, but yeah, look, overall, I think, you know, there, there is an advantage for the locally trained horses here just because of the, the way the track is. It's very undulating, it uphill, downhill runs. So, um, yeah, I think Red Chase to be the horse to follow out of that. I think it's going to go in into, uh, you know, get into a, into a winter, a summer carnival, sorry, preparation. Um, and out of all those horses in that race, he's, he's the clear one to follow into its preparation for sure. All right, we'll just touch on the cup as well in race seven. Uh, Waller, Dittman, um, licensed to print money. Is that just as simple as that? Well, yeah. Look, we spoke about this one on the live show. Um, I don't know whether I've done myself any favours here. I, I sort of tipped this on the live show at $9 <laughs> and $10, and it's SP'd 480. And, and by the time this thing's gone to, like, 
by the time this thing's jumped, well, even by the time we got to race morning, like I couldn't send it out as a bet because it was it was a bit short. He, he doesn't love winning our ward. Like he's, um, you know, he's sort of looked the winner a few times in, a, you know, in his preps the last couple and sort of hasn't got the job done. But look, you're probably lucky. We just got the bobbing on the day, I think. And those people that did watch the live show and, and took the price available will be wrapped. Um, and I, I just couldn't make it a bet at the price, you know, at, at jump. Yep. Um, but yeah, just got the bobbing, got a good ride. Um, like you say, the, the combination's deadly, so well done. Uh, I also mentioned Thursday night that I had a share in a horse that we were sort of set for the Cup Factory Warrior, and he ran third. I thought he ran really well. Um, I actually didn't even know he ran a place because I was just watching Al Ward and I was sort of getting the lean, getting the lean going as I get close to the line. I had to sort of go scan back and see where my horse was, and I see it hung on for third, so I was pretty happy. But um, yeah, look, it's not a, it's not a form. It won't be a form race uh, going forward or anything like that. It's just a pretty ordinary field, to be honest. Um, free two floor was third up two thousand, so it's probably one that. Would be a very good winning chance in two weeks' time as a 2200-meter Queensland Cup. Um, you know, I think he'd be a leading chance in that. Um, I think that the third up two thousand probably just told a bit late, but uh, yeah, he'd be he, out of this race. Free to fly is the is free fly two. Sorry, is um is the horse that I'd be following into that Brisbane Cup uh, in two weeks' time. All right, sweet. It was a good weekend for yourself. Uh, what about twelve units spent? About twenty odd back. Yeah, we had a sting at the coast. We had a five unit bet on. We only had one bet at the Gold Coast on Saturday. We had five units on Shamrock Lou. Um, first to admit that we got lucky. The second horse wanted to lay in up the straight, and but when they straightened the second horse up, it did flash late, but we held on. So. Um, yeah, not upset about that. We, I didn't really bet too much at Toowoomba. I sort of said earlier in the day that I was a bit concerned with inside off and the headwind and, you know, we only outlaid something like seven units, I think, or six units for the day, sorry, for the entire day. So, you know, just happy to get a win there. And Overall, it was a pretty good weekend, really. Bloody outstanding. All right. Um, the best story from the weekend was, um, remember I said about that unraced two-year-old? Yeah. The untrialed two-year-old, that's the one in the back? Yeah. And she fell off. <laughs> Horse was bolting coming to the corner. She's clipped heels and fell off. Um, the only good thing to come out of that was a, a bloke I was with who's a terrible punter. He had a, he got a $5,000 bonus bet from Sportsbet as a justice payout. Wow. So, And this is how bad of a punter he is. He had the $5,000 on Jade and Tom in the Wheatwood. And they accepted the bet, and it's lobbed at twenty-one dollars. <laughs> it's a true story. True story. Couldn't believe wow. it. Wow! Outstanding. Anyway, uh, I should have got a couple of. I should have taken a photo of his phone for proof, but I saw it with my own eyes. I couldn't believe it. Jeez. Anyway, I'm sort of. Anyway, it was oh. it was good. I think the, the races that we covered on the live. Um, should, would have been really profitable for, for the guys playing at home. So make sure you tune in this Thursday night. Yep, absolutely. Worth following, worth being there for the, for the live stings. Jack Dickens. Boys. Darcy. I almost want yeah, Darcy's I, I, I didn't anticipate such a uh, long, deep dive into Toowoomba. It was 
very interesting, but I've um, he's gone through a whole piece of toast, half a banana. Now he's onto the sultanas. See how long we get out of him. But, um, <laughs> Yeah. All right, we're going to walk you through the, the big races anyway, like the, the keys. And obviously, Russian Camelot's just returned with a with an enormous figure here. Uh, finally, just put it all together on a decent tempo and just launched. So what, what's he ended up running at 14.1? 14.0. 14 14.0. That's a bigger figure than Luz Crusoe run to win the Cox Plate last year. The sort of one knock on Russian Camelot up till now was that he hadn't actually run a huge figure but now he's done that he's now won two group ones he sat outside lead and run a big figure i think it's a enormous performance um if you tune into rsn we've we've paid and i've pushed this horse to win the cost plate at nine bucks i doubt it's nine dollars now i haven't checked but everything looks to be on track if anything the horse is sort of added to its ability to win by proving it's got tactical speed and the ability to be put into a race, which can be key at Mooney Valley. So um, very, very big performance. We had a few questions about Pike's ride on Arcadia Queen. Um, I don't think it wins if it follows Russian Camelot. I think Humidor went pretty well the same part of the track. I think Pike's riding awful and he's like a C grader in Victoria. He slaughtered a bunch of them on Friday night. Um, Got a few wrong on Wednesday. Got a stack wrong on um, Saturday. But Arcadia Queen is probably one of his stronger rides. Um, it's a horse with feet issues, so I think the softer they're going, probably the better. Uh, I, I, I fear that he's going to ride off Old Kirk, which we've also backed in the futures in the in the guineas. And Ollie's, I don't know if they've announced this yet, but Ollie's, I think, riding the hunger. Um, so... That's pretty scary for our futures bet, but Old Kirk, uh, despite despite Rob not pointing it, Pete and I, we stuck fat and just backed back the Quinella there in that good race in Sydney. Thank God, um, that was big. Yeah. Anyway, um, Humidor's flying. Arcadia Queen, I think you can. If the if the if the shoes come off, the bar plates come off, then it's a, a whole new setup, and I think you need to be very respectful of her. But I don't think any of them ever beat Russian Camelot if he's sweet on the day. Because if he gets a, if he gets like a better race with a better horse and gets a cover and a toe into the race, he probably puts him away better. He was probably stronger than anything for the last hundred meters. I haven't checked that on the data, but to the eye, he was not sort of stopping. That's the, sitting outside lead. Like it's a huge performance, huge horse. And and the market like. You guys would have seen in the market. Like, I, I thought it might get out to a better price, and I was going to be tempted to sort of bet. But they just kept backing this thing. And, and I actually rang Walshy, and I said, like, do you reckon they were, like, backing this thing or just avoiding it? Like, Bookie's just avoiding it. He goes, no, nah, it's relentless. It, it started, I think he said it started, at, it was down to, like, 1.58 on the fair even. Yeah. It was, you mentioned Liska Show. it was like, it was pretty reminiscent of that Cox Plate move where it was just relentless cash and just everyone was jumping on, didn't matter what price, it was just taking more and more of it. Yeah. So let's, let's now talk about the um, the Phillies prelude. Yep. Whatever that was called. The Thousand Guineas prelude over 1,400. Oh, I, I had a, um, 
I had a really, really good week. I don't know what the units were, but they were good. Um, won well Wednesday, won well Friday night, was winning Saturday. And I think this is where I, I sort of mentally just got a bit hurt, grayed up and feeling frustrated. I thought this thing was immoral. Then when I watched the Colts version, the previous race, and it was just basically they came home as they went out. Even, even the uh, it might have been the leader was a price horse that doesn't lead, got blinkers on, led, and it still run fourth or something. Mm. So I was like, it's going to be pretty hard for this thing to run on. The market went that way. She was soft in betting late, and I thought just just sit it out. You don't need to launch at this thing because there's going to be four or five minute bet. And she's absolutely killed them. Big performance. Uh, I think she'll, she'll she'll win the guineas, the, the Phillies version of the guineas, pretty easily. I think three fifty is good odds if it's still there. Um, like no horse did that all day from my from my memory. What she did, and I, I think he had a lot more. To, he could have asked her for a lot more if he had to. Yeah. It, was, it was half like a barrier troll for it. Yeah. I think I think the slower they go, which they often do, like they're going to go to a mile. And the Phillies brigade look pretty limited, so they're probably going to go pretty slow, if anything. Like they'd be favourite to go slower than to go real quick. And I think she's just going to kill them even easier because she's going to be close enough with that more just talented turn of foot than the rest of these. Um, I think that race is going to be pretty boring. Just bet and hope she gets all the right the right run. I think she'd be very hard to beat in a good race. Um, then what I did in the last race, great week, but. I felt I feel, feel, feel sick about the week because it just really got stuck in a non-conformist. Um, couldn't get over the, like, the run last start. And like you see my sheets, Pete, mm. the only horse in the race I liked was Juniper. And I don't know what I, don't know what I did. I'm still shitty about it. But um, Juniper is flying. Ma and Eustace are flying and, and they're... They have a really good ability of, of keeping horses in good form. Like Algalale on on Friday night. Like the market didn't know what to do with it and it just killed them. Yeah. The market didn't know what to do with Juniper. It was like a yo-yo. There was people like me going non-conformist and it would crunch a little bit. And then there's someone going, nah, Juniper, and it would crunch a bit. And then the little hot workers, which we followed a little bit, going, shot a virus will, will win. Lamming is very profitable at Caulfield for whatever reason. Um, it went, it ran a good race, jumped clean, put into the race. But um, don't know what to do with nonconformist. Made a big error. Race, race nine um, of the Colts division in the Guineas. Um, we back Savannah Cloud, Prague who <laughs> Prague who two, two minutes after the race had colic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it did. It did have it before. Um, and we backed Camborne, who I think Camborne and Asar were the two runs of the race. Just if you go for two more minutes, you'll be a legend. Um, Camborne was good, but I just don't. If old Kurt comes, it'll win. And if Mahunga's coming, which it is, I think they'll fight out the race, those two. Just be like, which gets a better barrage or who's suited by the way the track plays that day. Yeah. But. I know for a fact, or I'm very confident that Old Kirk was not meant to win or there to win on Saturday and has beaten the horse that from the same yard that was. We know they're a grand final yard. I'd be shocked if they go from a preparation of we're going to win the Caulfield Guineas over 600 metres 
to no, let's go back to run fifth in an Everest over twelve hundred meters. What do you two think of that? Yeah, uh, what's his grand final talk? What, like, Old Kirk wasn't meant to beat North Pacific on Saturday. I think I think the the joint the, the stable was um, keener keener for North Pacific to win. A little birdie told me, mate of a mate of a mate, that Michael might have knocked it off. One of them, I don't know who it was actually, but one of them knocked it off and was it was an enormous collect on North Pacific. Wow. Will Wayne um will Wayne be maybe in it, charge of Wayne. Will Wayne be in charge of Ole Kirk if it's in Melbourne? I assume so. I think I think I think Dad pulls the strings, but um uh, we'll hope one of the other boys from Sydney are coming down or else he can't win. Oh he did alright with Doubtland. Never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched that race yet. I, I haven't, I haven't gone back and watched that race. Um, the whole, the whole state of Queensland's in mourning over Rothfire, so we haven't sort of, haven't gone back to revisit it. Yeah, what's it done? A sesamoid or something like that? A fractured sesamoid. Yeah. yeah. Sounds very serious. Very serious injury. Yeah. Yeah, and look, clearly wasn't suited how the how the race unfolded as well. It seemed like every single other horse wanted to try and have a piece of him up front, and last three ran first three. What a, any anything in the stewards report there? I haven't. Oh. Watch the Sydney show. I'm sure the boys talked into it. Yeah, I, I think we did from memory. Um, Dickens, anything else? Uh, Saracen Knight. I think we probably just have to have a quick word on. Oh, sweet, sweet Lord Jesus. Sweet Lord. Who? Typical. Typical Lloyd of the Bible, bro. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Um, you talking about Lloyd Williams or who are you talking about? <laughs> Did you say Lloyd Lloyd Williams Nick. or sweet Lord Jesus? I didn't hear. <laughs> Nick's son of God. Jesus. Hey, Lloyd. Um, you like that? He's too nice, my gear, good boy. Um, we backed the Quinella, but it was a much bigger result. Um, <laughs> Irish plane and uh, both both hit a dollar one in play, both hit um, hundreds in play, I think. <laughs> Chaos race. Um, I don't know if, if Mickey Walker went a bit early, and then I don't know if he was just exhausted or the horse was, or he thought he was home, but um, everyone was pretty tired at the end. They, they went ten lengths fast to the six hundred. He would have the horse was just like on, basically on. I, ha, I haven't looked because I don't care. But I wonder if like I bet you they've gone about the same speed as Boozeron went that day when the when the the apprentices got three three weeks. Give me a sec. I'm bringing it up now. So they went on the adjusted figure fourteen fast to the so six hundred. So no, the, no, no. The this is the adjusted. The but the stewards should be using the class if they're going to judge Pacific rides. Yep. Well, Lord Boozeron went, that was the first time it raced at Caulfield when it won. It went 10.8 on the adjusted fast. So this race was 3.2 lengths faster and it was five lengths faster on the class. <laughs> it's just, a, it's just comical though. Anyway, uh, I reckon um, good horse, Lord, uh, good horse, the winner. Yeah, it, it'll go somewhere and win. I, 
I worry we, we've sort of missed the price now, Irish Flame. We've backed it quietly and not really talked about that almost every start this prep. We backed it first up off a good trial. It kind of always runs second, third or fourth and runs pretty well despite whatever bias, whatever it's suited. It's a nice horse, consistent horse, this Irish Flame. I think you can follow it, but I, I just worry that might be the last time for a while you get like $35, whatever we took. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But yeah. it was it was still a good result for us and um, set us up to like we were in front till the last race again at Caulfield, almost three from three winning sets. But um, probably yeah, Re- really, I've deep dived a few decisions and learned a few things from from the day. Um, also underbet Algalay on Friday night, which I think was just kind of like the the like Curly get this like the, the constant pressure of betting and making decisions for everyone. I just kind of had enough of it, and I thought, I think it'll win. I think it'll win, but I don't want to blow away the, the, the completely blow away the lead here. So I just chipped at it instead of just going. This is its own bet. Going to make another decision here. Yeah. What do you think that curls? Yeah, it's a yeah, it's there. It's a thing for sure. Um, no, it, yeah. All right. Well, I'm just going to finish off with the Belmont therapy session. Um, it was a day where rails and run was essential and it was pretty obvious after race one when a 100 to one shot or whatever it was ran third and there was just a case of trying to back everything that I thought would be rails and run at uh, some stage later in the card and we've backed Arnie's boy we've backed uh, Lucky Linda Lulu we've backed Bedouin Bell and then Pulley and then also Cup Night and it's just been what worst. about Arnie's boy? Yeah, about, is Arnie's boy the drifter? Yeah, it drifted out to double figures, and like it, the market just—it's really funny how the market doesn't seem to take into account track bias. We've seen this quite a few times, especially in Melbourne. Just like all the real big data syndicates, just keep smashing things that they're happy to back, and they don't take any any real thought into what the actual track pattern is for the day. Um, but yeah, Arnie's boy drifted and, and won. It was just bolting the whole way up the straight. The ride on Pulley, I think, was the slaughter of the year. And look, I love Donger, Sean O'Donnell, but you're on a horse that can lead. It's a day where leaders, precautionary, just pissed in. Uh, Gemma's son, likewise. Money matters, exactly the same. You're on a horse that can lead. Why wouldn't you lead and then just put yourself in a coffin? Jason Brown spilling over, like... Britain, Lockie Taylor just would have been loving it. But it's just rolled to the front at 40s and just killed them. <laughs> and meanwhile, we're just stuck on bully, just like having a great time on slaughter of the year. Stageman found the fence in race eight in the Black Art Bart Stakes and held on by an absolute bee's diaphragm over cup night. They were just hooning up that fence late at 20s. And then the only horse to win off the fence the entire day was Don's Legacy, who was three wide without covering the last, which we luckily saved on. But lucky Linda Lulu, again, backed at a 10, 9.50, had more on at 8, had more on at 7.50. It's jumped 6.50. And it's only clear with the last 100. And then the lost all momentum with about 50 metres to go. It's just... It was one of those days... I don't think I could have bet better on that card and just had three seconds to finish it was just absolutely crippling, but it's still a winning set. 
continues this afternoon at Belmont. Hopefully the track plays, it won't play the same, it'll play different, but it's, it was a great day. It was one of those days where you basically, you have your form done and you rip it up and you put it back together in a way that you think will be suited for that card that presents on the day. Just have to adjust in run. Um, that's all I got. I'm still mentally crippled by it. Could have been a 40 unit collect. Oh, I can't add anything because I'm feeling your pain as I'm reliving your pain as you're saying all these words. Oh, if you guys are backing them, Kills, I don't know how far deep you were by this stage because Toowoomba Cup days is finished and you're actually able to drink and, you know, carry on and go on course and all that sort of stuff and collect rolls of cash with your name on it. But uh, <laughs> if you if you missed the bets, you probably were doing okay. Um, no, you didn't have to just live through the, the pain. You've got to stay sharp on Saturday, late Saturday afternoons for these. You seem to just, I don't know what it is with these Perth cards, but there seems to be a lot of action late. You just got to be switched on for them. Yeah. Oh, there's often no action up until about two minutes, three minutes to go because you've got Rose Hill often towing right into it. So yeah. as soon as Darren Flindell's called him across the line, oh, um, then it's all systems go at Belmont. But uh, last meeting at Belmont today, the Sardo, we've got Kalgoorlie Cup round this week. Just the madness that will be on course and, and through the, the town of Kalgoorlie, the city of Kalgoorlie. The, the roads aren't wide enough for that, for the chaos that will be there this week. And then uh, it's back to well, us. Like, is that like the fly and fly out mine, isn't that? Yeah, but I think the whole of racing Twitter in Perth is flying there and it's just going to be debauchery. And, you know, full of piss and bad manners, all these, like, city folk trying to go up against the, the locals of Kalgoorlie, there will be more black eyes than a family of raccoons um, in Kalgoorlie. <laughs> sweet, in my suite, I've, I've done three meetings, four meetings, five meetings, six I've done seven meetings in the last 48, 72 hours, and I've got one more this Arvo. I'm, I'm good. Where was uh, it? I thought Shartin. Yeah, Shartin. Northern didn't have a bet, just did all the form and watched every race and just couldn't. He keeps Shartin mailed to himself, Ponis. It's, it's my – that's that's the way I unwind is by doing Hong Kong form and then just – screaming at myself it's it's good it's therapeutic it's cathartic okay uh week ahead curls what do you got uh gold coast on wednesday betting there betting at ipswich on friday and then on saturday we have uh gold coast eagle farm and toowoomba Unfortunately, Charleville is a non-tab meeting on Saturday at the Central Warrego Race Club, so we won't be able to bet there. <laughs> You'll have someone on course, though, won't you? There will be, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Dickens, you've got Geelong Thursday, Ballarat Wednesday, Valley Friday night, Flemington for the Turnbull on Saturday. Yeah. Might, might find one at Cointon on Sunday, but I doubt it. Um, yeah, I'll probably like we'll do race by race 
at Ballarat, but we'll probably bet a fair bit at Geelong or, like, you know, two or three races. I love betting there. Then, yeah, big meeting with Valley, big meeting with Turnbull Stakes Day, I think. Yeah. Surprise, baby. I've had uh, the Sugar Man into a few little speculators yesterday, including the surprise, baby. He's got the Sugar Man. Give it strength. Oh, if he if he has another if he continues as he is for this the rest of this month, which is only a few more days, I'm going to put a statue of him out front here in Seaford. <laughs> I love it. The house that Sugar built. The Shanes. Shanes can bet if your name's Shane, you've got an edge. Like Warney included. He went all right, didn't he? <laughs> Pretty sure he backed Rekindling the year I won the Melbourne Cup too, morning. The KS of Horn, the Sheik of Toik. <laughs> okay. Uh, very good, guys. Thank you. We'll uh, jump on board for the Mailbag Live this Thursday night. If you're not involved, get involved because it's the only place where you get Shirley O'Mail and Stings and Bets. That thing I tipped at uh, 80s, uni time, ran, was beaten by a nose out of fourth as well. What did it start? Oh, you could take 110 on the fair. We had another little bet there late for, for the service. It was good. So what about um, our man? He goes, hey, look, you're on. But you now he was taking unders of one of Curly's. <laughs> he was on a bit of late. <laughs> oh. All right. Signing off. Go well. See you Thursday on the live show. Thursday.